0: Good worship, or what? Yeah. I tell you, the Lord has blessed the well with an amazing worship team. And I've got to say, I've got a new appreciation for Wesley and his ministry, and not just Wesley, but uh, Nate and Jeremy and um, all the other guys and, and girls that are that are in the, in the band. And, you know, Andrew, I mean, he tears it up, 12 years old. I don't think he's turned 13 yet. Isn't that awesome? God's gifted him. And I, and I say that because, you know what, you never know what God can do with you and the gifts that he's given you. It, it really just takes, it takes saying, okay, God, I'm ready. What you got for me? You know, this is what I have. What, what you got? And when I came to the Lord, when I came to God and, and I had a really jacked up life and nowhere to look, nowhere to go. There really wasn't anything that I had to offer to God. And I think that in order to be used that we all have to come to that place where we understand there's really nothing that you have to offer to him. I mean, you know, he doesn't need anything as as if he was served by human hands. You know, you, you don't have anything to bring to the table. That's what makes his love so amazing that he's not trading you. He's not He's not saying, "Okay, you got something I want, so I'll come and die for you." See that—that pure motive is what is what amazes us, and should amaze you. That God is coming to the table with everything, and He's saying, "I'll lay all this down just so I can have you." Though you have nothing, and as Wesley said, really, not even do you not only have, do you not have anything to bring but you're continually trying to take from Him what's not yours. And, and the fact that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, you know, I've talked to someone before that said, can we bring these lights up just a little bit back there? I've talked to someone before that said, you know, I, you know, I, I get that, you know, Jesus, that was cool what He did and everything, but, you know, if, if, I, if I had the opportunity to save the world, I think I'd lay down my life, you know? If I could save, if I could save everyone, I would lay my life down, and to that i say, Maybe at first glance you might say that. You might get a little heroism in you. You might get a little, you might look, get a little glimmer in your eye. You might, you might get a little, a little desire to be helpful. But let's, let's define that just a little bit. Would you, would you if someone walked to you, up to you and spit right in your face, poo, you say, I'm going to lay down my life for you. You see, Jesus didn't die for those who deserved it. He died for those who did not deserve it. And then let's go a step farther and say, okay, maybe you are just the most amazing human being I've ever met. Maybe you could have someone uh, relieve themselves on you. Maybe you could have someone to stick a filthy, um, urine-soaked, feces-riddled sponge in your mouth, and you would still die for them, okay? You are incredible, But now, would you send your child to die for that person? You see, the love of Christ is an amazing thing. And and you say, what's he talking about the love of God for? I thought we were talking about answering the call and defining the vision, which is the title of the message today. And last week, we talked about receiving the call and seeing the vision. Well, today, as we talk about answering the call, we will talk a lot about the love of God because without the love of God, you cannot be what God called you to be. So many of us are walking around, like I said earlier, and God has just been, has been shaping this thought in my mind and, and helping me to see because there are so many of us who think that Christianity is, is a, a good thing. It's, it's what you're supposed to do, that Jesus, you're supposed to believe in Him. And once you believe in Him, then He secures you and you're okay for the end. But that is, that is silliness. That is really... If you say that's all it is, it's ludicrous, it's, it's ridiculous, it's the most insane thing that you could ever think of to say that, that God would lay down His life for you and it not affect you, and you just be able to walk through this life and do whatever it is that you feel like doing and, and, and still, still know Him in the end. You see, the, the, the thing is not a loss of salvation, it's were you ever saved. And if this God who is so powerful, powerful enough to lay off everything to the side that he could have possibly desired to go through hell on earth for you if he had the courage and the power to do that and then raised from the dead, making it possible that that same spirit that brought Jesus back to life would live inside of you yet have no effect. Crazy. I say that to say... If you are living the way of the world, and you do not care, and you are, or you're walking that way, then you need to examine whether or not you be in the faith. And I say that because you cannot answer a call you do not hear. Today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to continue on. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Hey, John, John, would you bring me a bottle of water, please, sir? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Might get a little excited today. Need to lube up the pipes. Let's pray before we get into this because I I believe that as as we get into the scriptures, I believe that God is going to change lives today. Because I believe that there are a lot of us standing still. There's a lot of you who I've seen make Amazing leaps and bounds in in the direction of christ and and letting him come in and and, and take over your life and and set you free from some amazing things we 've seen whole families regenerated we 've seen whole families redeemed and, 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 and not just coming to church you know church is cool, and I love the well you know I love pastoring here I love preaching here, but this is only the beginning this is only this is only a training ground for you so that you could be more like Christ that you could be stronger so that you could you could receive more power so that in then in the world not only would your life look different and you would overcome those things that are trying to defeat you thank you brother and you're that are trying to just uh just tear you apart not only would you overwhelm those things but you would be able to have an effect a positive effect in others lives around you okay listen to the word of god before we do that want, let me pray jesus i, I pray uh, over the word of god I pray over uh, my, my own words. God, I know that I am a prideful creature and, and if, if uh, you do not protect and guard, I will, I will say what I feel like saying and try to say it how I think it should be said. God, I pray that you would, uh, that you would hide me behind the cross, that you would help me to understand that it's you, uh, you're, the, you're the journey and the goal. God, I pray for or the, these that are sitting under the sound of my voice, that they would lower their guards, God, that you would, would smash their uh, walls that they have built to guard themselves, God, that you would break the chains, that you would, you would remove them from bondage, Lord, that you would free them from the slavery that they have uh, taken themselves into, God, for those who already know you, I pray, God, that you would, you would motivate them to take another step, that you would empower them to, to take more of a, 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 an active role in seeking you and, and, and pursuing your kingdom, God, I pray that this morning would be a, uh, would be a really an, an, an absolute overwhelming spirit of power. That's what I pray with Paul as he prays for power and strength. I pray for that same power. I pray, God, that you would do something amazing this morning that would have eternal results. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you've got your Bible, hopefully you do, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 14. Ephesians three fourteen. Listen to the Word of God. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about answering the call and if you'll remember last week we talked about receiving the call and seeing the vision. You see you, you need to receive that call, and that is just to understand that God is calling you to a place of action. We said Jesus never just saves, he always calls. And he never just calls, he always empowers, right? And he never just empowers, but he always casts vision. So this salvation that you supposedly experience, this salvation that you have experienced, is not to be a static experience. It is not to be something that you prayed a little prayer, something came down, uh, came inside of you, and now you're good. No. It is that you have laid down your life, and you have submitted to Christ, and He has filled you so that now you're ready to go, and you're moving. You see, it's not, a, it's not a, an actionless removal of sin, but it is a, an empowering feeling of the Spirit. You've received a call, if you've ever walked outside and seen a sunset, if you've ever, if you've ever stood and seen the mountains with, with an awesome skyline, if you've ever seen the trees lose their leaves, then you have seen Christ move and you've received the call because everything is begging you, everything is screaming at you. You are not it. It does not revolve around you. There is a greater calling. There is a greater purpose of your life, and it is to acknowledge the one true king. It is to be a soldier in the general's army. It is to to move and to lift his name and to bring the reality to everyone around you. How many of us are so wrapped up in the world that we cannot lead anyone because we don't know how to lead ourselves, because we don't know how to follow the king? You've received the call. You see it. I'm not sure if you see the vision. If you won't receive the call, then you cannot see the vision. But if you've received the call and you're ready to answer the call, then let me help you to know what God is is calling you to, how you can step into that call, and how you can define what you think you see. Today's message is answering the call and defining the vision. I would pray that every person in this room right now would pray, God, help me to answer the call. Help me to define the vision. It may be that you've already answered the call. Maybe you've seen Christ and you've experienced His love and you have answered the call and you want to know where to go. You want to know what to do. You want clarity. Well, I'm saying today there is a way to define that vision and you can continually define it and let God shape it and mold it so that you're continually going in that direction instead of just wandering aimlessly through a world. Talking to this person, that person, doing this thing, doing that thing, but where am I going? You got along for purpose. Listen to what the scripture says. We'll break it down. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Number one is, is that you have to answer by name. You have to answer by name. You see, you can't answer a call if it's not calling your name. What Wesley said a while ago, and Wesley didn't know exactly what I was preaching, is, is perfect. Because it, it's, not about, it's, not, it's not about stopping what you do. It's about a transformation on the inside. It is about new birth. It is about, being, it is about coming into a family and receiving a new name so that when your name is called and you receive that call, you can turn and say, hey, whoa, that's me, that's me. You remember in the Old Testament several times when, when, when God would, would cry out and say, hey, Samuel, you remember that? And when he cried out, hey, who will go? When he cried out to Samuel, he was calling his name. He was calling his name, and Samuel heard it so clearly that he went into his master, and he said, here I am. And Elijah looked at him and said, I ain't said nothing to you. I can only imagine, you know, Samuel's like, freaking crazy. You know, he goes back, later down, I heard it again. He comes into the room, and he says, here I am. And Elijah's probably thinking he's crazy. And now he's like, I ain't called you. And he's <laughs> like, it goes away. And finally, the prophet realizes, uh, I see God's calling you. Let me just, I didn't plan on that, but that's a good note. Let me, let me tell you something right now. Some of you are farther along than others. And some of you are struggling to answer a call because you don't got a name. Some of you haven't received the call, but some of you are farther along in your faith, and you're looking at that man going, he's being called. Oh, that's good. You should have just said, Amen some of you are standing beside your friend and your friend's being called but they can't hear it because they're dumb and because they don't know Jesus and you're looking going hey bro he's calling your name you got to be there though don't you you got to be listening you got you got to be you got to have dialogue remember we we said that one time you know that I did that with my grandpa the whole you know how much time do you spend with him do you speak his language We need to be able to look at our friends and say, hey, bro, he's calling you. Hey, he's calling you. You see, you have to answer by name. The ability to answer the call depends on the name you answer to. The ability to answer the call depends on the name you answer to. And let me tell you something here, too, is that everybody thinks, and and I don't want to be too harsh at this point, but everybody thinks that, you know, I can just straddle the fence, and I prayed that prayer one time, you know, and and I think I'm good. I felt something in my heart, and, and I think I'm going to heaven. That's silly. I believe in the perseverance of the saints. I believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. But I believe you need to take stock of your life. And if you are not where you need to be, you need to be concerned. Because the only one that can claim once saved, always saved, is one who is continually, presently, right now, loving the King of kings. Because that's the only evidence that you know that you were ever born again. Bottom line is, are you living for him? Are you loving him? Are you walking in him? Are you listening to him call your name? And the reason I say that is, is that there is no there is no fence. This is a stupid. Everybody's like, I'm straddling the fence right now. I know. No, you're not. You're either standing on one side or the other. You're not straddling the fence. You're either working for the king or you're working for the enemy who is Satan. You're either pulling people toward God or you're driving them away. What name do you have? And I will tell you this, if you are not named, if you are not a child of the king and bear his name, then you bear the name of the other. You know, Jesus made fun of the Pharisees. You know, he was a crazy guy. He was weird. You know what he told them? They were were thinking, man, I'm hit. You know, i got it going on. Except in a religious way. They didn't think that, you know, a lot of us today, we think we got it going on in a bunch of ways. But they thought they had it going on in a churchy way. That they were doing it right. They were following all the rules. And you know what? Jesus looked at them and said, you think that you've got it all right. But actually, the outside of the cup is clean. But the inside is just terribly nasty. You hold people to rules and standards that you don't even keep. He goes on to tell them, you're not children of God. You're children of Satan. Your mama must have got down with the devil. What name do you bear? You see, you the ability to answer the call depends on the name you answer to. The name you carry will let them know. Sorry, babe. You just looked. Just. Yeah. <laughs> the name you carry will let them know. I stole that, by the way. That, wasn't, that didn't originate with me. The name you carry will let them know. Let me tell you a little story. You want to, you know, last week, and all this stuff kind of fits together. Last week we talked about your cause should be obvious, that, that your set-apartness should be obvious, that, that you're so wrapped up in God, and you're so affected by the King. Not that you don't ever fall into sin, because we all fall, we're all flawed, but that your, your ferocious desire to kill sin in the flesh, Paul says it like this, I beat my body and I make it my slave. Who rules you? Who rules you? Do you obey your flesh? And let me tell you something right now, if you struggle with sin every day, if you've got a habitual habit, if you've got a habitual sin problem, then all you're doing is obeying the flesh. You don't have a problem that you need to solve, you need a new master. Don't obey the flesh, obey the king. He's the only one to give you the power to break that anyway. The name you carry will let them know, and, and, and I'll tell you a little story. It kind of goes like this. As we, as we talked about being just obviously Christian, you walk into a room and people know where you come from. Okay? It happened to me when, when I was younger. My, my dad's not here today. Uh, I, lo- I don't think. I didn't see him come in. But I love my dad. I've been a daddy's boy for a long time. And my daddy had not always been the best daddy in the world. But my daddy does love me. And, and he, he is in a better place now than I've ever seen him in his entire life. I'm extremely proud of him. Extremely proud. He comes here a lot. Uh, goes to church elsewhere when he's not coming here. He's, got, he's married now. He's got a great relationship with his wife. His whole world has turned around. And God had a lot to do with that. I'm extremely proud. But growing up. My dad was not uh, excited every day about Jesus. He, did not, he wasn't a godly man. He wasn't, he wasn't a man of God. As a matter of fact, if you don't find your identity in God, in Christ, then you will find it somewhere else. Okay? You will follow after that name which you have. Is this making sense? You will follow after. You get so much from your name. And those of you in this room, I know what Landrum's like. I know what Lyman's like. I know what Campobello's like. I know what it's like. I know what your parents... Are like a lot of them. And not all of them led you in the way that you should go. And so you got their name, you had no choice, and now you're carrying that name around. And mine looked like this. My dad got his identity when he was younger through, uh, he was a brawler. Okay? A partier. Who could drink the most? Who could, who could win the most fights? And, and I got to say that out of everybody I've ever talked to, any place I've ever been, just ask them about Buddy Poirier. all I hear and he could go <laughs> and i had to carry that name around and as a matter of fact you see when i was growing up and maybe not all some new faces here maybe but when i was young i was in and out of a lot of trouble uh, you know, jail nine times where I was 20, you know, arrested every other weekend, fighting and, and acting crazy, drugs, alcohol, and God set me free from that. But until that happened, until I found my identity in Christ, I was continually trying to get my identity in that way. And so when I'd walk into a room, the name I carried, they done one or two things. Immediately, any bar that I went into, any place I went into that they knew my dad, immediately one of two things happened. They would either come up to me with respect for my name, and they would have my back. I mean, I was probably 15 years old, 16, 17 years old. I would have 40, 50-year-old men like, that's a little buddy for I got you, brother. <laughs> and I'm like, got me for what? They, they, you know, they, wanted, they wanted to support me. They thought my dad was cool or whatever, so they wanted to support me. Or they wanted to test me Immediately. If he was identified as a guy that could fight or whatever, they immediately wanted to test me. Are you like his dad? You see, the name you carry will let them know. The name you carry will let them know. Now that's a lot of negative connotations on that, and and I didn't. I, I fell right into that because I I started to get my identity right from that same thing. I'd just go to fighting. Just the biggest one in the room. That's what I. But I, that was the only way I could get my identity. That's all I felt like I could get my identity. I didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't have anybody else telling me who I was. I was having to search out and define my own name. I was having to find my own name, and it was the only thing I knew. And I talked to some guys earlier this week. Is That, that's, that life was all I knew. If, if I didn't have that, I was nobody. And I'm just telling you the truth. Is this an okay place to not be Okay. Is this a place where we can be honest? I want to tell you right now, talking to some young men last week, absolutely sympathized Because bottom line was, is that if I did not have that, I had nothing at that time in my life. Because that's the name I had. You take my name, you take everything I am. And so when Jesus Christ praised God that I had someone pouring into my life, the Hambone and, and my wife, and, and they showed me a continuous, a continuous pattern of love that conquers those things and when God changed my life I felt like I was a million miles away from everything I'd ever known you know why because I was my name had changed I had to learn how to live all over again but you see the thing about the name of God is that it is listen to this this is good That the name of God is what you were hoping your other name would be. The name of God that you will carry once you are born into the family will be everything that you hoped your other one would be, but it never did live up to. How many times in your life, living outside of Christ, have you felt really good only to crash? Felt really good only to crash? You thought that you had it going on, whether it be money or whether it be fame people liking you people thinking how cool you are or a successful job and and you were trying to make this name for yourself and the name 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 name. but you knew that your name was not measuring up and so you would crash or you would lay in bed at night when the world dies away and the silence creeps in take your mask off and set it on the dresser cry because of who you really are they don't even nobody even really know you because your mask is so thick they have no idea what you really look like the scary thing about that is is that even the ones that show you love you know that they're loving the mask you always wonder if you took it off and laid it down in their presence, if they run out of the room and you Jesus Christ says that one day that He will, if you accept him, remove the veil, see you for who you are and love you anyway. You see, this name gives a Gives us confidence, and we use a little context here and we say his name will bring uh, confidence. I want you to listen, go back, we're right, at, we're in 14 and 15 right now. But if you go back up to verse 11 and 12, listen to what he says This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and, and access with confidence through our faith in him. We have boldness and confidence through our faith in him. You see, this name. It does not sway. It does not move. It is what you've always been looking for, whether you realize it or not. This name is the name above all names. The name of Christ Jesus. Paul says it this way. Paul says, I am nothing. But how can Paul continue just to to be a madman for Jesus Christ? It's because he has the name. And when he walks into somewhere, they know what he came for. They know who he is, and they better respect the name. They can kill the body, they can take him away, but his name will never go away. You see what I'm talking about? You can try your best to push your name, but it will fail. They can try their best to take his name, but it never will fail. Whose name do you carry? Paul, this is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Paul, who is... In my opinion, one of my favorites, he, you know, he says, I was shipwrecked, abandoned, beat down, beyond all recognition, left for dead. You know how bad you have to be beat to left for dead? And he says, in all this, all of this, I'd do it again for Jesus Christ. He says in Galatians 6:17, he says, Let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear in my body the brand marks of Christ. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you got something to say to me? This is the picture. You got something? You got something you want to bring? You think you, can, you think you can stop what God's doing? You think you can do enough for me to break me down? How many of you are getting broke down every single day? You just keep getting broke down. You keep getting overwhelmed, and you cannot overcome the world. Paul starts to do this. Give me your best shot. takes off his back to bear the brand marks of Christ. Bring it. Man, this is power. This is power. This is is not your everyday run of the mill. God, this is power that is never matched. We go on to see that not only do you have to answer by name, but you have to have his help to answer. You have to have his help to answer. Now, this text really came alive to me. I actually talked to Wesley a few days ago about this text. Uh, the scripture, that song that they just sang, it says if, if grace is an ocean then we're all sinking fast um, and it, it, it goes on to say, uh, let me get that part right your love's like a hurricane I am a tree, bending beneath, beneath, bending beneath the waves of his love and mercy I, I always wonder what does that mean It's like the love of God is like a hurricane, and you know, I don't always see exactly where they get the lyrics from, but I know that it just resonates in my soul, and I was reading this text this week. I want you to listen. Love's like a hurricane, I am a tree, bending beneath the weight of His wind, love and mercy. Right? Listen to this. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. You know what this is saying is that the love of God is like a hurricane. And it's coming, and it's bringing the house. That not everything can withstand the love of God. Not everything can hold up when the love of God comes in. You see... I I say, what's I say, you need to brace yourself for the love of God approaches. How many of you have ever thought about that? We think about testing coming from Satan, or, or Satan's testing me today, or, or God's testing me with bad things. Did you know that the love of God would test you? You know why? It's because God's love will not let you be satisfied. God's love will not allow you to be comfortable. God's love will not allow you to be filled up by anything except for Him. You want to know something? That's exactly right. That God Almighty is the only one, the only one that will do for you what you are looking. Everything else will fade away. The love of God will blow you away if you don't have strength to stand. We went on a mission trip to uh, Louisiana when Katrina hit. And wh- I saw some amazing things. You see, that next point there, Terry, the blood that runs through your veins will be tested. The blood that runs through your veins will be tested. And, and I mean that like this. When the love of God comes and it starts to wipe away all that is evil and all that is wrong in the world, will you stand in the end because you were rooted and grounded in Him? You see that? From, from verses from verses 16 all the way down to uh, 17, it says, According to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength. All that strength, power, in the inner being, rooted and grounded. Why? Why all of that? Why do we need so much strength? Why do we need so much power? He says that, that you may have strength to comprehend the love of Christ. When we went down and, and we saw everything that was going on at, uh, in Louisiana and those surrounding areas when Katrina hit, and Katrina was an amazing storm, it came through, and you would not believe the damage. This is literally some things that I saw. We, we came through, and, and every, almost every pool had a car in the pool. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Almost every pool had a car in it. I guess that's the lowest place, and the car found the hole. Buildings were gone. We went by this one house, and this one uh, lady uh, helped us with some, you know, touring us around and telling us about a few things. There was this one house that was a 5,000-square-foot house, brick, all brick. When we got to the house, the house was gone. I'm not even kidding. 5,000 square foot brick home, gone. It was built on a concrete slab. The only thing left was the concrete slab and the front steps and an oak tree out front. 5,000 square feet of brick and mortar and everything in between, gone. And the oak tree stands out front. This life will not be easy. Guaranteed. The blood that flows through your veins will be tested. The question is can you handle the love of God? Can you handle the love of God? You see, you right now may be wrapped up in a bunch of sin. You may be defined by sin. You may get your identity by sin. And you may surround yourself with everyone around you that does not know Christ leading you away. They are not good influences. They do not have the name. And if you, if you answer the call and the love of God comes in, everything gets blown away. And you will too, if you do not have the strength that He offers. You have to have His help. You have to have His help to stand it. It brings another thing to mind that uh, it made me think of. My little man Z. I'm often telling some stories about how crazy he is. Because he is, and I love him to death, but he is crazy. But he also loves crazy too. And I've talked to Heather about this, and I've told her, i told my mom too, is that whatever that boy decides, wherever God leads him, whatever, whatever he decides to do, whichever way he decides to go, he will be 150 miles an hour. I think he's a lot like me. When I partied, when I was in that lifestyle, if you were around me, you were being challenged to do more sin. I was a warrior for Satan. I really was. Parents did not want their kids around me, and for good reason. But when God changed my life, I went this way. And I'm trying to go 150 miles an hour this way. But Z, he also, not only does he get violently angry sometimes, you know. It's amazing how violent a three-year-old can get. I mean, like, he's throwing right hooks, you know. I don't know even where he saw that. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but he can love out loud, too. And, and what will happen is, is that we'll be playing, and he's like, he's really, really loving. As much as he is that way, I probably don't tell you guys enough how much he is the other way. And he'll love you. He'll say, I love you this much and this much, this much and this much. And he'll kiss me like we were at the restaurant out back last night, and I'm trying to order. And Z's just kissing me on the face. Like, like, I'm talking to the waitress, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, stop, I love you too, you know, you don't want to tell your son to stop kissing you, but I'm like, hold on a second, you know, and it's getting a little embarrassing, because he's like kissing me on the ear, I'm like, see man, chill, and the waitress is like laughing, you know, but sometimes we'll get to playing, and, and, and I just, you know, I love him to death, and so I'll take off running, and I won't, I'll just forget how much bigger I am, and so there's this monster hug coming you know and I hug him down the ground and all of a sudden we hit the ground and we're both just flying like that and he starts crying and it's like a real cry you know and Heather's up like, and I'm looking to see if Heather saw me just tackles Z and you know I'm immediately like I didn't mean to <laughs> you know you see the love of God is like that I mean, he comes in violent, boom arms wrapped around and and I'll tell you this right now too if I and if I was there see I, I, you know I'm not a pacifist I'm you know, I've not always been a preacher, and I know that the qualifications for elders that you can't be given too much. You know, you can't be violent. Um, but if I ever, if I was ever out somewhere, you know, and and I and I, some you know, my family was in danger. Some you know, I, I'm coming. I mean, it's going to be, you about be Crazy, you know, because I'm getting, I'm getting wild. But in doing that, some one of them might get hurt. You see what I'm saying? In doing so, I mean, if, if, if something happens. Man, I'm coming in flying, you know, bam! You know what's going on here? Well, that somebody might get hurt in the crossfire. I think I think Jesus is the same way. Jesus sees you wrapped up in all of this sin, and 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 His love. I don't. Can I say this? I don't, I don't want to. I don't want another. I would say His love is almost violent. Okay to say? His love is almost violent because it will rip everything to shreds to get to you. Yeah, His love is violent. it It really is because you think about Jesus on the cross his love is violent man I don't want to use write that down somebody write that down it really is his love is violent you need his strength you need to and that's what Paul says he says you know for this reason because you have an eternal vision because you have a, a, a vision that reaches into the heavenly places you want to be a good man you want to be a great man you want to be a woman of God you want to be someone that your little boys want to be like when they grow up? You want to be a warrior? Then stop being stupid and get on your face. Okay? Stop, stop playing games and get on your face. Because you can do the world thing all you want to. All you're going to do is kill yourself and lead them astray. Answer the call? Get on your face. You have to have his help to answer. You have to be able to withstand violent love. You've got to. As the band comes up, this will be the last. <clears throat> Your answer must lead to Him. You see the Scriptures, what, it, what it's talking about there is that His love is absolutely beyond anything that we can comprehend. And, and it destroys everything that does not uh, that does not. Love in the same way that is not held up by the glory of God, that is not held up by the one true meaning of life, which is to, to to uplift the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everything that does not uh, uh, bow down to Jesus in the end will be crushed in the wine press of His wrath. Okay, Jesus Christ is coming in a ferocious way, and you'll either be on His side, lifted up, coming in glory with Him to wage war or you will be turned facing him, getting run over and squashed by his wrath. This is not a play, God. This is not a joke. The same love that lifts up and saves is the same love that will crush everyone in the path that does not bow. Don't get crushed. It goes on to, that's answering the call. To answer the call, you've got to have the name to be able to answer that call. Do you know him? you got to have the name. What name do you carry? What name defines you? Where do you get your identity? And some of you have received the name, but you don't carry that name with confidence. Some of you need to stop being ashamed because Jesus Christ is the one that said, whoever is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of him. And he also says that whoever proclaims my name and acknowledges my name before men, so shall I acknowledge his name before my Father. And then we, we must have his help to answer this call because it is unimaginable. We cannot even comprehend and we will be blown away unless he is rooted and holding us in this understanding. And defining the vision. We'll talk more about this next week, but I just want to show you this one thing. And as the band starts to play, they're going to start playing in just a second. I want you to think about this. Listen to this. We've talked about answering the call. I want you to think about defining your vision. Do you even have a vision? You know, the vision of the church, you may know the vision of the church. The vision of the church is to reach thirsty people, to give them a drink of Jesus who is the fountain of living water, then to, to teach them to pour him back out. Thirst, drink, pour. Thirst, drink, pour. Do you have a vision in your life? Do you have a call? Do you have a direction that you are going? Do you you think about where you want to be in a year? Do you think about where you want to be in five years? Do you think about what you want your little girl to be like when she grows up? Do you think about what you want your little boy to be like when he grows up? And are you actively pursuing that vision right now? Or are you just doing life? Purpose drive. Listen to what he says. Now to him who is able let's back up one verse and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see to answer Your answer must lead to Him. Your answer must lead to Him. What exactly do you see? If you'll think about the last part of that verse, it talks about the love of God and understanding the love of God and having the strength to see the love of God. So that what? So many people think that Jesus Christ is looking to take something away from them. But it says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, you may see that vision out there, but you're thinking, I got nothing in the tank, Brandon. I got, no, I got no motivation. I, what am I supposed to do? This is all I know. You need to brace yourself. You need to get on your face. You need to get rooted and get your name in God so that the love of God would push all that away, fill you up so that you would have what you need to go forward. How many of you in this room are slam empty? You're running on fumes even those of you who have have come to know Christ, is that you've forgotten your King, you've forgotten your Savior, you've not thought about Him in a while, and you wonder why you are in pain right now. You wonder why you feel all alone. You wonder why you feel like there's no hope for tomorrow. Is your tank empty? You see, the love of God fills us up full, and when we think about what exactly do you see, We think about our our kids being full and our kids being wonderful. They cannot reach that place if you are continually holding them back. You see, until we are full, we are longing, looking, and leeching off of everyone around us. And until you are filled up full with Jesus, you cannot give. You cannot pour. You cannot be used because you're always longing to be filled. Me, 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 me. You wonder why it's always about you and why you can't get out of that hole. It's because it's always about you. You get your cup filled up. You see, empty cups are always longing to be filled, but full cups are always ready to be poured. As we stand to our feet. And as you think about this. I want you to know that your best life. Go back. Your best life and work will come as he is glorified. You want to pursue this vision. You want to be a great man. And this is not a prosperity gospel. This is a prostration gospel. There's a reason that I'm always telling you to get on your face to get on your face to get on your face is because without Him there is no you without His power there is no advancing to that call there is no seeking that glory there is no going after that vision you've got to have the name of Christ you've got to have His help you've got to have His help to answer the call and then defining the vision is realizing that you must always lead to Him And I could just tell you, you need to go and do that. But you see, it's always about Jesus. I want you to think about Jesus. He was the one that carried the name. He was the one that carried the name. And talk about testing, it was him. He was the one that walked through the fire. No one else has ever walked through the fire like he has walked. He was the one that walked through the fire. He answered the call, and he is the definition of the vision. Let me tell you something, guys. Let me break it down real easy for you. What I want you to get out of this is that you've got to know him. You've got to be known by him. You've got to have him living inside of you. You've got to carry his name in order to carry any weight. You cannot go back out into this world and think that you can overcome anything without carrying the name of Christ with you, because he is the only one that overcame the world. And then the second thing I want you to know is, and what I want you to think about is, is that you cannot do what he has called you to do without his help, because even his own love will blow you away. bow down you need to put yourself to the side kill the flesh and enjoy the king come to him without him your battle is hopeless with him it's inevitable victory and then lastly make it all about him you make your life all about him you seek him Then you will be filled so full that you will pour out onto everyone around you and that will be the definition of the vision. That you are a man after God's own heart. That you are a woman that is ferociously in love with Jesus and that's where you're going. Otherwise, you're playing games and leading people astray. Today's call is to be like Jesus. To carry the name, walk through the fire, lift him up in the end I would ask you this week when you go home I want you to sit down and I want you to write out what God's calling you to do I'm not talking about the vision of the church I'm not talking about exactly what you need to be doing in the church it can have that in at the end if you want I'm asking what is God, what type of person is God calling you to be what work is He calling to? And let me give you a hint. It starts with your relationship with Him. It goes to your family. And then it goes to the people around you in your church. God is calling you to be used. He is calling you to move. He is calling you to be a force to be reckoned with. And then I want you to go home. And I want you to write down your vision. Do you have children? Then your vision should include... 20 years from now, you want them to be married to people who love Jesus. You want them to be sold out to the king. You want them to be wonderfully blessed because of who you were. Not torn down and fighting the demons that you were fighting. Today, it may just be about full surrender. And let me talk to you men for just a second. How many of you have been playing games for way too long? There's a team of men here who don't have it all together, but they are fighting to see the King. I ask you to come. Get on your face on the altar. Lay down your sin, lay down your life, submit to the King so that you could even have a chance to answer the call. And so that you would know exactly where it is you're going. Live life on purpose. The altar is open for those who would come. Do business with God. Come.